The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. And the Grizzlies somehow figure out a way to lose a game to essentially a G League team. I, I don't know how they – I mean, I do know how they lost this game. I watched it. But make it make sense to me, Isaac. Please make it make sense. Yeah, man, I, I tweeted out directly after the game, man, hashtag, hashtag on brand. I mean, that's what they've done this year. Um, in, in these type of situations, anytime they're playing a team that they're heavily favored against, they just screw around with the game, man. And and we've talked about this so much on here, like a broken record. Uh, when you screw around with these type of games and feel like you can just show up and win, once that other team gets confidence and, and get rolling, it, it it's hard to stop. Um, and, and, and Orlando Magic, I mean, they, they did a fantastic job in the first half. I mean, I tweeted out uh, that I talked to Axel Jenkins before the last Magic game about this very situation on how they've struggled and kind of played down the competition. And he says we have to take every game seriously. Um, and last night they come out and don't take it seriously in the first half and, and, and eventually turned it on and pulled away big in the second half. Tonight was kind of the opposite, but they go on to lose the game. I mean, they outscored Orlando 60-46. to 46 in the first half, but outscored 66 to 51 in the second half. And I mean, you just can't lose these type of games. I mean, you, this team has nine guys dressed out. And even if this team is fully healthy, they would still be one of the worst teams in the league. If not, yeah. if not the worst team, I and mean, they're not really even trying to win games. It's, it's, it's really embarrassing uh, for a team to be in a position of degrees. I know people want to use the young team excuse, but I, I think we're past that. We've, no. we've seen this team, be very really good this year against gets superior competition and, and win these games and there's no excuse for this this is not a young yeah. team thing i mean this is just screwing around and not taking these games seriously yep that, that's exactly what it is that's in a game against a team that is a playoff team and you get down to the wire and you make a mistake at the end and lose the game you can contribute that to youth, and, exactly. and I'm okay yeah. with it. I've done that before this season. You know, you, you lose the one-point game to the Bucks, the one-point game to the Nuggets. Uh, you know, you, you talk about those games that you lose to the playoff-caliber teams, and there's stuff that you could have done slightly differently that shifted it, and you win the game. That's a you thing. This is an effort thing. And the way that they played tonight is just not acceptable, man. It's crap. They cannot continue to play this way. And I was going to, I should have let off with this, but I've got something that I've got to talk about here, man. We, we appreciate all you guys that are listening. And if this is not you, then you can disregard this next however many minutes this is fixing to be. But Grizz Nation, we have to do a better job. When a team loses a game, it is not one player that I will. <laughs> so it's, I was going to say it's never one player, but 99 times out of a hundred, it's not just on one player. So stop scapegoating. It, it, it's not, we, we started off the season and Dylan Brooks was the scapegoat. The Grizzlies lost a game. It was all Dylan's fault. Dylan's trash. Get rid of him, trading for a bag of Cheetos and a 40. And now we've moved on from Dylan because Dylan has continued to play well throughout the season. And now it's all Justice Winslow. 
And that's not how this works. There are plenty of things that you can point to tonight of why the Grizzlies lost this game, but they lost by one point. They missed eight free throws. Dylan Brooks missed a free throw. Kyle Anderson missed a free throw. JV missed three free throws. Justice missed free throws. You, you can't just put it on one player. It doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, Justice Winslow was a positive tonight. He was yeah, a plus, plus three. three on the plus minus. So, you know, you want to you want to mention Justice Winslow. I saw a lot of Justice Winslow slander on the timeline. Jaron Jackson and DeAnthony Melton were a combined negative 21. I didn't see a single freaking one of you guys out here saying it was Jaron or DeAnthony's fault that they lost the game. It was all about justice. Stop getting tunnel vision. Stop blaming it on one player. There were things that this team should have done. I not not could have should have done to beat this team a 20 win magic team in the east that their best player is a rookie there's no reason this team should even be in the ball game the grizzlies had the lead they didn't keep their foot on the throttle they let up and it came back and bit them in the butt and this loss had nothing to do with one single player on the grizzlies roster so please Please, I beg you for everybody's sanity to stop with the scapegoating. It's Man, not I, Justice's fault. He's going out there. I promise you that he does not want to go out there and suck. I will bet you anything in the world that you want to bet, and I'm a betting man. I will bet you anything that you want to bet that he does not want to go out there and suck. This is rust from him being off for so long. If you're tired of hearing about it, I'm sorry. That's just the facts of the situation. So yeah, now, let's get back I, I, to the game. Well, I, I was going to say I agree with you 100%. I mean, it's it's been absolutely brutal uh, on Grizz Twitter and social media here lately. And I hate to come down on Grizz Nation hard because we definitely have some of the best fans in the NBA. But this Justice Winslow situation, I mean, it's gotten to the point of being toxic. And it's, like, like you said, I mean, the whole team struggle. You don't lose to this team because of Justice Winslow. And Justice is not even on the ball anymore. Uh, didn't play a lot on the ball uh, last night either. So, I mean, that that makes it even less the fact that you can blame him on If you If he's playing back a point guard, you can say, oh, well, and you see this, which I don't necessarily agree with, but you see people saying, oh, well, he's dragging the offense down. The other guys are not getting the ball in places, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily agree with that. But now he's not even on the ball anymore, and, and people are still blaming him. I mean, he only played 14 minutes tonight. Like you say, it was yeah. a plus three. Uh, only took five shots. Justice Winslow is not the reason they lost this game tonight. Justice Winslow is not the reason why Melton is struggling right now. He's not the reason why uh, Brandon Clark has been struggling. It's not Justice's fault that this this team is in a slump right now. I mean, it's just not. I mean, you don't lose games. Justice has not been a big enough part of this to, to or with shot attempts and things like that. Things like that. And you've even seen Justice make some tremendous passes. It's not his fault. You can't blame that on there this is a team thing this is a coaching thing there's like a lot of issues going on right now and i i just think people have taken justice winslow there's always has to be a scapegoat and they're just over playing overvaluing what justice is doing negatively to this team i know the metrics are bad he struggled he's a guy that's been off almost two years like we said time and time again here and he's gonna struggle fine if they decide to sit him down like like i said about a week and a half ago that's fine i, I do think they Need to pick up the option. I think they will, and I think they need to give them that chance to have that healthy offseason and to build chemistry, full training camp, and all of that. But again, the scapegoat man has just been 
crazy. It's driving me nuts. Like I, I admit, I've, I've told David, I got, got on him and DM a couple of times. Like, man, I can't take this because it's a lot of it has been directed at me because I've been painted as this just president of Justice Winslow Island guy. And I'm saying that he's awesome, which it's not what I'm saying. Not exactly. People don't really listen to what you say on Twitter. They yeah, hear one no. thing that you say and they just kind of run with it and turn it into a narrative. And that's not it. Cause I've even, like I said, I was even saying we can have a go that maybe they should shut him down. But again, man, this is the situation now that they've decided to put ties back on the rotation. We'll see what happens when, when Grayson comes back and, and how all things shake out. But again, man, and I don't want to take up all our time on this, but you made a great point, man. Justice is the scapegoat. And it's, he's not the sole reason why, they're losing right now, but this, this is a team problem, and they have a lot of other issues other than Justice Winslow. Yeah, and, and I want to be clear about my my stance on Winslow. I think that you guys have heard me talk about this enough. If not, if this is your first time, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. But I think that Justice Winslow can be an important part of this team. Do I think that he is playing well right now? No, I don't. I, I agree with you all in the aspect that there's things that he's doing that are bad right now. But again, it's not... I, I, I don't think that his struggles right now are just because he's broken or washed or whatever you want to call it. I, I don't think that. Do they should they set him down? I don't know. I've been on the side of no because I don't think that that's going to help him. Maybe the offseason, um, Parker made uh, made a fantastic point. Um, man, I want to say it wasn't the first Magic game. It was a game before that. Uh, the maybe the Portland game. You know, he, he talked about Kyle Anderson and having a healthy offseason and coming in. You know, and, and look what he's done this season. So maybe if Justice gets that this year, we see an improvement. But we'll leave. We'll, we'll let that dog lie for the rest of the show. We won't talk about it anymore. We'll move on to the rest of the game. I want to go over some of these stats real quick. Total rebounds, fifty-five to thirty-seven yep. in favor of the Grizzlies. Big victory for the Grizzlies there. Assist, twenty-one to twenty in favor of the Grizzlies. Points in the paint. 56 to 42 in favor of the Grizzlies. Second chance points, 14 to 7 in favor of the Grizzlies. Fast break points, 22 to 15 in favor of the Grizzlies. You know where you know where the game was lost? Free throw line. Free throw was line. One thing that that I mentioned, you missed eight free throws, that's not acceptable. The Grizzlies had 16 turnovers. 23 points off of turnovers for the Orlando Magic. And, it, and and that's just lack lack of concentration and it, it lack is, of focus. Man. That's what it is. Yeah, Ja Ja had six by himself, which is awful. That's a terrible game by him. And he's been good with the ball lately. He's been taking care of it, but he had a bad night, and that's part of what cost the Grizzlies the game. You've got to take care of the ball. Number one, they, they should have destroyed this team. They were favored by double digits for a reason. They should have beat them by double digits, but they didn't. You, you look at everything. You look at that box score and erase the turnovers, and you tell me who wins this game, you're picking the Grizzlies. Oh, 100%. You know, it's, there's nothing there that shows that the Magic should have won this game. I mean, how many times do you look at a, a box score and a team out-rebounds a team by 17 rebounds, and, and you have the 17-6 17, 17 advantage on the offensive backboards and you lose a game that's not that's not going to happen often if, if you see those numbers that you are out rebound a team by 17 and beat them 17 to 6 in offensive rebounds 
usually going to win that game. And, and that's, that shows you right there that it, it came down to the free throws and turnovers. Uh, I mean, uh, Glendo plus 12 uh, points from the stripe, and then you like to, the turnovers for the Grizz, 17 turnovers. That's that's where they lost the game. And, again, this that's a lack of focus. I mean, that's that's what it is. John never turns the ball over that much. And it, you just look at it, and it's we feel like we're superior to this team. We can screw around and, and do this, and we'll turn it on. And that's how that's the kind of mindset that they have going into these games. And, and that's why they lose it. And, and again, I asked Taylor Jenkins that before the last game, and he said that they have to take these games seriously, and they're just not doing that. And it's frustrating uh, because because you kind of look at the standings now, and it's four, six, and seven. Man, they're in. They're they're not in good shape there. I mean, it's really yeah. looking like eight right now, uh, possibly at best. And you could even drop lower than that if you keep on dropping games like this. I mean, we looked at this stretch uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, man, they had the opportunity to to really finish strong here. And you look at this now, I mean, they've started off one and one, which is, these are, when we said this, these are two games that they had to get. Um, and they only end up getting one. And it's not looking good right now. I mean, you're, you're three games back of Portland for seven. Um, you have a game in front of the Warriors, uh, only a half a game in front of the Warriors and Spurs, even though you have the tiebreaker with San Antonio. But I mean, this is going to be a, a fight to the finish. And it, it felt like looking at this thing that the Grizzlies, had a real, real opportunity to get up to at least seven. And, again, that looks to be slipping away, um, especially if you're going to continue to lose games like this. Yeah, you know, you could see it in the body language and the face of, of the guys that were on in the post game. You yeah, know, DB was did, not happy. Yeah, <laughs> you you could tell he was mad. Coach Jenkins was very, very yeah. short. There, yeah. there were not a lot of long-winded answers from him at all. And, you know, um, Isaac and I – we're just now getting into the, the, the pressers, but you know, I, I tend to watch them after the game. This, this was the shortest I've ever seen him. And I noticed that, you know, that's not, you know, even guys that have been doing this from, from day one of the season, actually, even since he's taken over. So this is the maddest, you know, that he has seemed ever to this point of, for him coaching the Grizzlies. And so these guys know, you know, Grizz nation, they, they know, for for the guys that don't get for you all that don't get to go on the, the the press calls and see what's happening, you don't get to or if you don't watch it at all, they know. Just know that these guys are they're they're pissed about it, and they know that they should have won this game. I my hope for the Grizzlies moving forward is that this is a wake up call. Like, hey, we we're in a playoff race. They they know it. They talk about it. We talk about it as fans all the time about being in the playoff race. They know that they're in the playoff race. Hopefully, moving forward, they're gonna actually be locked in because you're gonna play some games at the end of your schedule against teams that are gonna be out of it and teams that you're gonna be heavily favored against. The Detroit Pistons is one of the next three games that's coming up. Minnesota is going to be another game that they're favored in. That's that's two of their next three games that they're going to be favored in. They've got to be locked in, and they have to win those games. Are they going to fall out of the play-in? It's not likely that they fall out of the play-in at this point. They would have to just completely collapse in the rest of these games. But if they're not careful, they're going to have to really fight to get into the playoffs, where as before, they would have two chances to get in. If they keep falling like this, they're only going to get one. And it's, you know, it's going to be a one game and you never know what's going to happen in one game. And it's, 
if you match up against, say, Golden State, say they get to 9-10 and 10 and you're matched up against Golden State, is that a team they should beat? Yeah, I think the Grizzlies are a better team right now. But you also have Draymond Green and Steph Curry that have won championships. They know the pressure. They're seasoned veterans, and you better believe that they're going to bring their A game. They're, they're not going to lay down and be like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we don't have to make it this year. So you want to be up ahead of those guys where you have two shots to get in and not just you know a one-game shootout. Even if it falls down to the Spurs, the Grizzlies are definitely a better team than the Spurs, but I'm not sleeping on Popovich in any type of matchup. He knows how to exploit stuff, and in a playoff-style atmosphere, he's going to do that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about the Grizzlies. You just never know which team is going to show up. I mean, if you get the, the team that played those two games in Portland or, or the team that played that lost, I mean, close games, they lost these games, but the team that played against Milwaukee or the team that played against the, the Denver home game or, or the first game the, the, in Denver on the road where they lost in double overtime where they should have won. But if they played at that level, they would be the best team in, in that group of teams. But you just never know what, what team you're going to get. They're like Jekyll and Hyde because the team that we saw tonight would show up, and if that team shows up, they're going to lose those games. And yeah. that's the thing about this team that you just never know. And, again, I, I just – it's frustrating because, again, we've seen how well this team can play. I mean, we've seen this team play at a high level. It looks like they should be a top five, top six team in the West. And then you get these nights where they look like a lottery team. It's just frustrating because I, I know the level that these guys can play at it. Again, we you just said it a second ago. You could see that how frustrated these guys were after the game. DB was kind of asked about the, the recent struggles, and he says that they just the third quarters are, have been dreadful. And I mean, there's a lot of different things going on, a lot of moving parts. You got guys in and out of rotation due to injury. You're trying to work Jaron back in. You have the Winslow tire stuff going on. There's just a lot of stuff going on right now. And and, and I don't think I think it's too late in the season to be experimenting and doing different things. I think you need to be locking in your rotation. That's why it's still perplexing to me that they didn't put Jaron back in the starting lineup. And I'm not saying that's going to fix everything. I just think you had Jaron playing back up five, and he's going to be playing the four next to JV. You think by the play-in or, or the play-in, you think that's what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to continue to bring him out the bench, though. They've done some weird things, so I, I wouldn't necessarily put it past them that didn't happen, but I think at some point they're going to insert Jaron back in the, in the starting lineup, and right now I just don't know why that's not happening sooner rather than later. I don't understand why you would wait till two or three games left in the season, and then that's going to be another adjustment period to kind of work him in next to JV at the four. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of screwing around right now, and I think they just need to solidify this and say, look, this is what we're going to do for the rest of the season. This is what we're going to do in the play-in. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but I think they need to figure that out sooner rather than later and nail this down and, and figure out what they're going to do because I think that's kind of part of it too. I think you could kind of hear in DB's voice that that's kind of been a problem. I don't know if any of the players, that it's been internally or something that's been voiced out loud in the locker room. I'm not sure, but you could tell that I think he's frustrated by different things that are going on right now. Yeah, you know, I think probably the biggest part of his frustration – tonight was because of losing this game you know he, he mentioned that they played down to the magic's level and you know just like we said from from the beginning of the show yeah that they've done that multiple times this year and you, you could just read it on him as soon as he sat down 
you know, he, he was staring at the ground pretty much when it, when he first sat down at the, uh, the presser. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the call is. We know that Jaron's a long term, but chemistry is a big thing. And what happens if you move Kyle out of the starting lineup and move him to the bench, you're already having, I, I and I don't know that this is the mindset because anytime that coach Jenkins, this is just me kind of what I'm thinking is going through their head. Or if I was a coach, this would be my line of thinking, you know, you've already got some chemistry that you're trying to work out, getting these guys back into the rotation. And most of that is from the bench chemistry. If you move Jaron back into the starting lineup this late in the season, now you've disrupted everything because Kyle has been starting all year. He hasn't come off the bench. So you move him back. It it just... I don't know the best way to do that. I, I think that Jaron should probably be in the starting lineup, but maybe, maybe that's the way they're looking at it. It's like, hey, hey you know, we're, we're going to have some stuff that's different here. Let's keep the starting lineup the same because that chemistry has been good. That has been working the majority of the year. Let's not mess that up. Let's try and build chemistry and have him come off the bench. And then, you know, we'll just reboot next season with him as the starter. Anytime that anyone has asked Coach Jenkins about Jaron getting back into the starting lineup, it's the same thing. It is, it's a game by game. Yeah. We're talking about it. We want him to get in a rhythm. We want to do what's best for the team. Almost robotic. You get very, very similar answers, regardless of how the question is worded. It's back to, yes, we're in dialogue. We're talking about it, taking it game by game. Yeah, and, and one thing about this, and, and I've talked about this a lot this year, and I think it goes back to this and, and some of their struggles of late. And, and I've said this: this team has a lot of lot of good players. The depth is probably, as far as depth concerned, they're probably one of the better teams in NBA. That's why they've been able to sustain these injuries and still win games that they probably shouldn't, or you don't think they would win. But I think when you have good role players, they have a unique situation to where you have all these really good role players, but that's the thing That's the thing about it. They're role players, and these guys are going to go – they're going to have swings. They're going to go through slumps, times where they're playing really well, like what we saw with DeAnthony Melton, and they're going to have times where they struggle. And right now, they just kind of seem to be struggling collectively as a unit right now. And next game, they might come out about against the Knicks and look like the team that played against Portland. You just – you never know. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons that you see these things. And now you have Jaron, who – uh, I mean, it's a big part of this team, but he's not himself right now. So you're trying to work him back in. He's playing minutes, and he's kind of struggling. He, he came out the, the, the first game and, and first couple games that looked really well. Now he looks like a guy that's been off for a while, um, and, and that's something I, I don't I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know if he's going to bounce back. It's kind of guess maybe it's it's conditioning tire legs. Maybe he's fired up and going off adrenaline in those first couple games, and now it's kind of hit reality that he's back out there playing the NBA games. And I've been off for a year. Um, and, I, and I think that might be what we're seeing right now. So hopefully he gets it back together sooner rather than later. But I think what we're seeing right now is just these guys are just in a slump right now. And in the next game, you might see him come out. De'Anthony Melton might start hitting shots again and, and looking like De'Anthony Melton. BC might look like BC when, when he's playing well. And, and that's the thing about this team. Sometimes you they're going to play really well and sometimes they're on. And that's they're kind of built different than most teams. But a lot of teams have 
two or three guys that you know what you're going to get from night in and night out. They're always pretty much going to do the same thing. And the Grizzlies have a lot of guys that are sometimes going to play well, sometimes they're going to struggle. And, and that's just kind of what they are. It's just kind of how they built right now. One day they may be able to consolidate this into uh, one guy that kind of does what a couple of these guys do on a night in and night out basis. I think that might be the next step for this team. Uh, but one thing that they really struggled to do all year is finish games. And it's it's been brutal, man. Uh, I mean, the, you have a 20-point lead on this one and just can't keep your foot on the gas. It, it just seems like anytime they're in that position, they can't close teams out no matter how much they are up by uh, even big leads into the third quarter. And they just can't finish games. And, and that's not just on the players. It's on the, everybody, the coaching staff. And, and they're young as well, still learning. So I guess we, we, we just have to to kind of battle through this with them. I mean, there are going to be some some hard times, and I think that part of it you can blame on, on, on a young team. But when you're going to get the team, like you said, like Orlando tonight, I, I don't buy the, the young team excuse. If they're playing a good team and that happens, you have a big lead and you kind of blow it, that's kind of understandable when you have guys that have been there, veteran guys that have done that and, and been in these situations. But you can't blame that on this tonight. I, when they lose these type of games that – Clippers game, that was a week or you go back to the first Warriors game and that back-to-back set here, or the OKC game and OKC, the first game there. I don't blame that on you. That's just flat-out losing focus and not bringing the requisite effort that you need in those games because I feel like they think they could just show up and win, and they're not at that point yet. Yeah, you know, inconsistency, you, you, can, you can attribute that to youth, but – the lack of effort is not because of youth that that is just that's something you you need to find that inside of you we know we're supposed to beat this team so we're not going to slack off we're going to go out there sorry little technical difficulties there guys but it, it's they have to figure out a way the grizzlies have to figure out a way to go up against these teams that they're supposed to beat and go in with the right mindset they have to have the, the mindset of, okay, yeah, we're better than this team, so we're yeah. just going to go out and we're going to beat them. And that that hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the case all year. And all the games that you brought up, you know, the, the OKC game, the first Golden State, all of those are prime examples of games that the Grizzlies should have gone into and beat those teams, but just kind of slacked, for lack of a better term, that, like, that's what they done. So... Maybe we we don't see this next year. Maybe you know taking the lumps this year, moving forward, they're they're gonna learn from this, and then next year they come out and the teams that they're supposed to hammer, they're actually gonna go out and hammer them. Yeah, because I mean they're they're good enough. They're good enough to to do it now. Uh, yeah, I mean that's how they build a big lead in the game. I mean just keep doing the same thing. And like you said, it just seems like when they get those big leads, they just relax, uh, and you can just you can see it. Um, in, in the game, if you watch these games where, where this happens, they build these big leads, and you you can just tell they start doing things they weren't doing before. They get out of, they stop going to going to, to mismatches, things that they have been doing in the game. They just start doing different things, whether it's taking bad shots or taking chances and gambling on in different situations. And, and it seems like a lot of these games, for some reason, it, it, they usually shoot free throws horrendously in these games. And I don't, and that's something. It's weird because that's not something that they do on a normal basis. But in these yeah. games where they blow these big leads, that's usually their MO. They usually miss a lot of free throws, and the other team makes a lot of free throws, and that's kind of what happens uh, in, in, in these games. And that's a, a weird kind of stat to look at. I, I don't know 
what attribute that. And I guess it goes, it goes back to the lack of focus. I, I, that's the only thing I can, can kind of say with that. Uh, because you look, they shoot, shoot 61% uh, from the line of night, go 13 or 21, miss eight, man. You just, you just can't do that. When, when you get these teams down, you have to, you have to show your superiority. And they're, I mean, just look at who the, who the Magic had out there. I mean, their best player is Cole Anthony, who was a rookie. I, I mean, they should should beat this team. It's just no excuse, and it, it's it's frustrating. But, again, I mean, it, it sounds like a broken record. We've been here before, so it's kind of – I've said this when this definition of insanity is doing something the same over and over, inspecting a different result. And, again, this is just – in these games this year, it's been their MO. I wish it wasn't that way, and, and maybe this is just learning a learning lesson and a stepping stone that maybe – Next year or the year after that, we're not won't see this anymore. But right now, that's what it is, and and that's just what they've done this year. I want to. I don't have the stats in front of me, but something that that seems to stick out to me in clutch situations, the Grizzlies' offense functions at its best when they are moving the basketball, when they're making the extra pass, when. Things are, you know, like it, it seems like they're clicking on all cylinders when they're moving the basketball. And it seems like a lot of times at the end of the game, they do a, an ISO type situation. And, 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 and I that's not what they do. Yeah. It, I don't want to, I'm not saying take the ball out of Jaws' hands because you don't, he's your best player. But if it's been working the whole game and you're doing Watch well. It. Why would you switch to an ISO situation? And do it every if, time. <laughs> if it is, if it's the end of the game and it's the last shot, it's final shot, and that's the play that you draw up, that's fine. But but it's not. You know, like the probably the last five plus minutes in the fourth, Ja was trying to take over the game. The shots, what he he was eight for eighteen tonight. The shots were not falling all that well. He got. 22 points, two for three from three. You know, he, he didn't play terrible. Seven assists from him. That, that's a good stat line. Yeah, outside of the turnovers, but, he was good tonight because I was going to praise yeah. him until he had some some turnovers and, and some bad plays late I, because, I mean, he had to, had to 22 points, and it was a game where he wasn't really forcing anything to get to 22 points. Man. He was just kind of taking what the defense gave him, but then he has to six turnovers, seven assists to six turnovers, which is, is, is terrible. Yeah. Um, and I think really kind of kind of cost this team, but uh, again, and, and don't don't force it. Like you said, I mean, I understand mm-hmm. that 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 Ja is your star player, and you want to kind of put the ball in his hands and let him operate in those situations. But if that's something that you're not used to doing, I mean, why don't you let let Ja penetrate and kick like things that you see throughout the game? Why force him into a situation where he has to go one on one? I mean, it's clear what they're going to. And everybody knows that it's going to be a tough shot. And I understand the mentality that you want him to be able to make these plays because he's going to be the guy that does it in the future. But, again, if, if it's not something that you're used to doing, it's something that you do all game, play, dance with the girl that got you there, that, that old saying yeah. that of that, yeah. man. Don't don't switch it up in any of the games. And they have had a tendency to completely go away from whatever they were doing in close game situations in the last two or three minutes. Yeah, so I – I'm going to look that up because I don't have the stats on it to see, but I would be willing to bet you that when they switch into the sets where Ja is being more ball dominant, they're not passing the ball as much, that the offensive efficiency is significantly lower. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes the eye test lies to you, so I, I, may, I may be completely wrong there. But 
based off of what I've seen in late game situations, even, you know, like, well, but game games are winning. They're not doing that. You know, it doesn't seem like they're doing that in the games that they're winning. They're not going it, to it, it, that set. So and I was gonna say he did get a good, he got a good look tonight on the, on that one drive that floated. He just couldn't, couldn't put yeah. it down and rolled out. It was a fantastic look, but yeah, man, if, if something's been working and, and you, it, it's been working. You and, and we've talked about this team, Usually, when they get thirty plus assists, they win. And I think they they only had they have tonight twenty one. Yeah, and yeah. that they won some games of late. I think some of the Portland games they had low twenties, but it's because when in those games when they do win, I've noticed it's games where they make a lot of threes. And tonight mm-hmm. was not not that game. And if they're not making a lot of threes, they're only ten to twenty nine to thirty four percent. If if you see that assist number significantly below thirty, and they didn't make a lot of threes. Nine times out of ten, I've watched this this year. They, that's usually a game they lose. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's all learning. Like the, this part of the game, closing the game, that, that's something they're struggling with. That's from that's part of their youth. But we we have such high expectations because we see them play so well against better teams. Yeah, well, watch, them, watch into, them come out on Monday night. Yeah, watch them come yeah. out on Monday night and beat the Knicks. That, that's, what's, yeah. that's what's so frustrated about this because we, we know how well these guys play. It's not just jumping on them for, 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 for losing games. It's just because we've seen this team. If, if they were struggling like this and we felt like this was just a lottery-bound team, these losses probably wouldn't be as egregious. You wouldn't, they wouldn't frustrate you so much. But the fact that you've seen this team go toe-to-toe with top-level teams in the league and play with them and win – some of those games, because mm-hmm. I, I think they said the Grizzlies have one of the better winning percentages in the NBA against good teams. I can't remember. I think Petey threw that stat out last game. Uh, I think I heard him say, I can't remember exactly what he said, but something to the fact that they, they're one of the best teams in the NBA as far as beating teams with the, the, the highest average winning percentage. I, I think, and that shows you right there how, how good this team can be. It's So it's frustrating when you see this because you know they're better than this and you know it's not talent. It's not anything like that. It's just lack of effort and focus and so you just wish they could win these games because this team could really be fifth or sixth in the West. I, and, I mean, they've lost a lot of games this year. And it's crazy to say that with the injuries they've had, it would have been a young team with Jaron being out. But even with Jaron being out, this team has blown a lot of opportunities this year to, to win some games. They could have six, seven, eight more wins right now uh, on, on games that they just probably just blew. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's tough to, to kind of look back at that because you feel like this team even though they're 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 ahead of much ahead of schedule, even what they're doing now is pretty remarkable. When you take a step back and you're not in it, but to think about they could even be better than that is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, good stat lines from a number of different guys tonight. Dylan Brooks had 23 points. He was uh, nine for 20 shooting. Not a great efficiency night for him, but 23 points, pretty good number. Uh, Kyle Anderson goes over 20. I think this was uh, number six, six time he was over 20. On the season, yeah. uh, he was three for five from three. You know, he, he had yeah, been really struggling from yeah. three there for a little bit. And I think if you look at it, one thing that I noticed last year, Kyle had like this funny, almost looked like a hitch in the top of his jump shot. All right, he doesn't really jump. It's a little weird, but it just looked like a weird hitch in the top of his shot. And early in the season, that wasn't there. It was pretty fluid and they were falling for him. And it seems like he's getting back to that, and I, I hope he does get back to that through throughout the rest of the season. Desmond Bain only had five in the start; still played a good game, though. He was, uh, you know, he was doing a lot of good stuff. JV, 
I just skipped over where uh, 11 points, 16 yeah, 11 rebounds. 16 boards. He no, also had three assists, three, three blocks on the steal. So yeah, he, 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 had, he had a good, good night from him. Yeah, he, he missed a couple right around the basket that could have been the difference in the game as well. So like, like I said, when back at the beginning of the show when I was talking about it doesn't fall on one player, JV was 5 for 10, 50% from the field is good. I, I'm not knocking him for that, but he missed a couple little bunnies right around the rim that if he knocks those down, you know, we're talking about a, a four-point Grizzlies win instead of yeah. the, the one-point loss. So. You know, th- there's a number of different things that go wrong throughout the course of a game, and uh, th- that was just one of them. Uh, Jaron Jackson, 7-7 seven and seven with two blocks. DeAnthony Melton was filling up the stat sheet. Uh, didn't shoot it well, though. He's 7.6 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and three blocks. Unfortunately, he was only one for five from three. So, you know, if, if he knocks a couple more of those threes down, that's a, that's a monster stat line from him in 19 minutes. So a lot of guys played well tonight. They just did not bring the energy. They didn't bring the focus and the push that they needed to finish this team off. And Cole Anthony was out there playing with a chip on his shoulder. 26 points from him. He led He led the Magic in points, rebounds, and assists tonight. He came out yeah, ready to play, wanting to win. Mo Wagner had a big game. Mo Wagner, yeah. Mo Wagner that, is a big reason why – they won that game. I mean, he gave him trouble all night. Twenty-four points, five rebounds for him. I mean, he was everywhere tonight. Um, in the, in this game, it always seems the Grizzlies always, especially when they when they lose these games, there's always a random guy that that kind of goes off against them. It, it's it's weird. It seems like that's always been a Grizzlies thing, pretty much ever since they've been in Memphis. There's always been weird guys that go off against them in, in order to win games. Patty Mills, yeah, it's just a Grizz. <laughs> Grizz killer, man. Uh, I remember back in the day, Kelvin Martin used to be Kevin Martin used to be a big, big time Grizz killer back back in the day, man. He would go off for like thirty five every time every time they played him. I mean, he was a good player, no matter what, but it just seems like he had a little extra when playing against the Grizzlies. But yeah, man, a uh, big night from from Cole Anthony. You could just tell, you could see, man, he was fired up, had a chip on his shoulder. Um, and even when things were going bad for them, you could see he was visibly upset. I mean, I think he's going to be a really good player. It seems like a, a leader. Uh, man, he's gonna be. I think they got a good pick there. I think he's gonna be a a really good player for them. I, I just see leadership qualities from the point guard position because I mean he's. You can tell that even though they're in a situation where they're playing for lottery balls, he he's he wants to win these games. He's not yeah. for that. I can I can see that man. But he stepped up, hit a big shot. Man, Kyle had fantastic defense on him. It wasn't wasn't a defensive fault, but the Grizzlies put themselves in a position to have their hearts ripped out like that, and that's just kind of what happened. I mean, DB hit a. Hit a big shot, and I, I kind of celebrated for a second, but uh, I told a buddy of mine, I was like, man, some time left on this clock. I got a bad feeling they're going to go down here and knock down a three and win it, and that's exactly what happens. Uh, and I've said this on the, on the program over here before, that it just seems like when teams screw around and and and, and put themselves in a, in a position where they shouldn't be in late, they always seem to lose those games. Was, was it you missing a lot of free throws or you just – Screwing around with the game, it just seems like it always comes back to bite you. And again, it did here. I, I said the same thing during that game up in New York, Madison Square Garden. I said, "Man, they're gonna mess around, lose this game, and screwing around and messing all these free throws, missing all these free throws." Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happened. Back to get them, man. Karma comes back to get them, man. Yeah, it's uh, we're back again Monday, back home at the Forum against the Knicks, uh, revenge game for the Grizzlies. And they got they got to be serious moving forward. They've got to stay locked in. Dylan talked about them needing to do that. Um, in, in the road trip, 
they've had two games in the last 10 days where they have not, they've not been locked in. And even last night they, they got the win, but it was not near like that game was way closer than it needed to be way closer. Yeah. I, th- I think Orlando just kind of laid down in that when the Grizzlies kind of went on a little spurt and they just didn't fight back tonight. They, they, they just kind of fought back when they got down last night. I think they kind of gave up and uh, knowing that this would be two losses in a row to them. They were on home floor. I think they decided tonight we're, just going to keep fighting and see what happens, and that's what happened. I, I mean, they screwed around with that game last night, too. I just think Orlando kind of laid down, and that's why they were kind of able to, to run away with that one. But you just you just can't do it, man. And and now they're kind of in this, this situation where, I mean, all the teams that they need to, to, to lose tonight won. I mean, the Mavericks won, uh, the Warriors won, and the Spurs won tonight. So no help uh, for, for them tonight, and they couldn't help themselves uh, tonight. So from, from down the stretch, if they're going to move up the seed line, that's looking – less and less likely they're probably looking at possibly having to go undefeated or maybe only one more loss. And again, we just haven't seen the consistency from this team to think they can do anything like that. So unless, unless something crazy happens, man, we're probably, probably looking at that eight or nine right now. And that's, that's disappointing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cause things were, things were looking up for this team after they beat uh, one beat Portland twice. I mean, you had Jaron coming back, Jaron looking like he wasn't going to show any rust, even though he's doing that now, things were looking up for this team. Uh, about a week a week ago, uh, three or four games ago, and now it, it's a totally different mindset around there. But tomorrow's opportunity to come out and beat a good team and maybe you can start some goodwill and get things more positive around here because it's been pretty bad. But before we get out of here, man, I do want to want to go, go go back to this real quickly. And, and again, I, I don't want to talk much more about this, but the Justice Winslow thing, and I want people that are listening to this listening to me, man. Justice Winslow, he's been bad. And, and, I, and I, for some reason, people pretending like I'm saying that he's been awesome. The only thing that I've been saying is that even though he's been bad, I don't think he's the sole reason why this team is struggling like a lot of people have made it out to be. And I also don't think Tyus is James Harden like offensively like a lot of people have kind of said. That's basically all I've said. If they decide to shut him down right now and they feel like that's the best thing they, they can do, I mean, go for it. I feel like they should pick up the option, give him that opportunity to, to get healthy this offseason, not rehabbing build chemistry with these guys, have a full training camp, and come back and see what happens. At worst, you got an expiring contract you can use in a trade. And that's just kind of where, I, where I'm at it. I don't think he's – I know that the, the metrics and the numbers say he's been awful. I've seen some good things he's done out there. Do I think Tyus could help this team more as of today? Yes. Just, I mean, he just struggles, and but I, I don't think he's the sole reason why everybody on this team is struggling and why they lost games here of late. And that's all I'm saying on Justice. I agree with you, man. I think that uh, you you and I have, have pretty well, for the most part, been on the same side of this, and that you know we see that that justice can be beneficial for this club. Is he doing that right now? Not exactly, you know. Like he, he's he's not playing well, but you got to give him the opportunity. Too much talent, and you know, still a young guy. Have he could have plenty of good years left. And they they got him for essentially nothing. So I, I think that they should go ahead and toss out the uh, get, give him the extension, not not extension, but you know pick up the option and move forward from there. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at Dwill two one one one. Isaac, let them know where they can get you, man, and get us out of here. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, and always on there talking Grizz. Make sure. Go and follow at Hoopball Grizz. Uh, make sure you check out our podcast after the game. We've got some 
some good stuff coming up, as I said on the last program. Uh, sometime in the near future, we're going to have Grizzlies color analyst Brevin Knight on the show, man. I always enjoy talking with him, man. He's hilarious, a great guy to talk to, man. So you definitely want to check that one out. That should be fun. Other than that, man, we'll be back Monday night. The Grizzlies take it on the Knicks. Uh, played them a couple weeks ago up at Bassett Square Garden. Felt like they had it under control, man. Missed a lot of free throws. Game ended up going to overtime. Such is history, man. They dropped that one. I got a good feeling that they're going to bounce back and win this one um, and, and, and start a winning streak. So if they're going to move up, they're going to have to. Uh, but, again, man, we'll talk to you on Monday night. For David, Ben Isaac Simpson, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.